Listening to Roar, powered by LT Gray. Welcome to the Tiger Den. Good afternoon, listeners. This is Miss Schiff, and we are recording actually with a live audience today. Um, most of them trying to charge their phones or their laptops. I'm getting looks from my editor-in-chief. Uh, but I'm actually here with Joyce today, who is an El Tigre, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. She's got an interesting backstory. Hi, I'm Joyce. I'm a senior and a first-year El Tigre student. Um, I kind of joined the program because my mom was a journalist. So I have a background in that, and I've always been kind of interested in that. And knowing that there is a journalism class, I thought it was a great opportunity to kind of experience and have, have my own kind of experiences with journalism and that stuff, such as that. Hopefully you feel like you're getting that. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you've taken a spicy turn, and you are talking about uh, the loss of printed newspaper leading into the loss of investigative journalism, which is a hefty, hefty, hefty topic to chew. So I think we're going to just touch a small corner of it today, right? Because mm-hmm. um, this could be like a thesis, like a massive <laughs> college thesis. So um, with that being said, uh, do you want to start us off with telling us, like, defining what investigative journalism is? So investigative journalism is when journalists kind of go out into the field and then do research and go out and talk to people and kind of investigate different stories or topics that they hear of themselves. Um, a great example of this is uh, a movie called Spotlight, and that is about the Boston Globe Spotlight group. And that is their um, investigative journalism group that they have. And Spotlight, the movie, is about how they broke the story about the Catholic priests. And that's the things that we know about the Catholic priests now have kind of been ingrained in our society and how it's part of kind of everyday things that we see either online or when we talk to people and stuff like that. And that was actually broken by investigative journalism group, which a lot of people don't seem to know. And that's just one of the big one of the few examples of investigative journalism, so others would be Watergate, as everyone knows and everyone learns in history. I've listened to the tapes because I used to work at the Nixon Library. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. Um, yeah, I did that for my master's. So that's great. Um, uh, not necessarily the subject matter, but, <laughs> but that's great that you're interested in investigative journalism. It's definitely... Um, important right because what you're explaining is that it changes the fabric of our society right this is uh investigative journalism allows us to operate independently as journalists right and uncover stories that need to be uncovered maybe by people or for people right Mm -hmm. who um have either less power less uh less say less voice right Mm -hmm. they're not necessarily seen Mm -hmm. um and then they're kind of, in this case, spotlight, right? They're put in the spotlight, so they get that kind of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, how else do you think that uh, investigative journalism has affected the United States? I mean, it's it's kind of an unspoken hero, I feel like, in some ways, because the news and the freedom of press is kind of a big part of the United States and a big part of history. 
um, which, as you can see throughout history from all the way back. And investigative journalism has broken a lot of stories that either couldn't be said or um, would not, uh, people would not let it be said. So I think that investigative journalism has kind of, throughout history, redefined little moments in time that have shaped the society to what it is now. And I think that without investigative journalism, it would be a very different society. And that kind of also dabbles in freedom of the press, which is a whole bigger thing. Right. I mean, if we were going to go into freedom of the press, we're going to also talk about like how in different countries this whole investigative journalism is handled differently, right? Mm -hmm, uh, by investigative, you mean outlawed. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, because we, we even know right now there's an issue with press in what countries? I mean, can you name a few? I'm sure you can. I mean, there's... The, the, I mean, there's always issues, I feel like, on the news about governments trying to suppress news, whether that be, I feel like the most known ones are either kind of North Korea, which is very, you know, very big on censorship, and also China. Um, but I'm sure there's many, well, many Even what's places. going on in Iran right now, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like with the journalists there. Mm -hmm. That's a big issue right now. Um, it's probably a big issue often, but it's become like... Uh, very globally mm -hmm. aware right now. Um, so that I don't want to like minimize it to these are only moments in time that these problems occur. It's, mm -hmm. they're, they're global issues that are constantly occurring. And uh, I think you and I can agree that news comes in waves, right? Because public memory is not that long. Mm -hmm. So yeah. like people forget that Ukraine's in a war still because mm -hmm. uh, it's not the front page news anymore. It's now like second or third page, right? Yeah. So it's not that it's not important, but it, public memory doesn't hold on to things that much. Mm -hmm. um, do you see a shift in the mode of how people are accessing journalism, specifically this type of investigative journalism? Definitely. I mean, with the kind of the shift toward the modern era, it's we see more and more news on social media and people on social media become kind of those um, Internet detectives, as they say where they go in and do research for themselves. But I feel like in terms of social media, a lot of people get their news from social media, whether it be small posts or things on Instagram, TikTok, all on all the various news uh, social media sites. And I feel like with that shift, people are going less towards printed newspapers to less from um, newspaper sites, from actual news sources. And they're going more towards, oh, I saw that post on TikTok, or I saw that post on Instagram, and that's how I get my news. There were um, two, I learned about this. There are two documentaries on Netflix. One of them, I'm not going to mention the name just because it's inappropriate. Mm. <laughs> and there was another one that I can't even mention the name because I can't remember, but I saw both of them. Mm -hmm. And they were investigative journalism, but they were, what are they called? Internet, internet heroes, internet. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so these people like watch the footage that they find online mm -hmm. and they could tell you stuff like, I know what country that is by the uh, electrical outlet in mm -hmm. the corner. Or like, I see a glitch where I'm laughing, like a glitch in the force, but like, mm -hmm. no, they see like a glitch, something that I would not understand what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, one was uh, to help find Unfortunately, I think she passed away because of this whole, she was kidnapped and went up, mm. but like um, to help find this girl or like to find her attacker or whatever, mm -hmm. this was like how it all unfolded. Cause 
she just like vanished and then these internet crusaders i think that's the term mm -hmm. um came in and like they started doing their own investigative journalism mm -hmm. which is interesting because now can do you think anybody can do this is this like a rogue renegade thing or do you think that they're like the wild west is not where we should be and that there are rules for this i think it's a very interesting topic because with more people have being able to do that in being into internet crusaders and such they there's more people to look into different things it's, you know definitely is things that some people can miss other people see and stuff like that but i feel like it also increases the risk uh, risk of incorrect information being put out because at that point everyone puts all their stuff on the internet you know and everything's kind of judged at the same level because if you just kind of see that post online, you don't know the background or anything about how they researched it or how they got went and got this information. So I feel like with that, it there's a, a big risk putting out there being, oh, someone just says something and people take that as truth, even though it wasn't, it's not fact. And I feel like that level of fact checking also becomes a huge risk with that. Fact checking is a huge problem i think across the board including just in regular classrooms <laughs> <laughs> so fact checking is a fact checking is a big deal right and that's definitely something it's a valid argument right that mm -hmm. fact checking uh journal true journalism comes with true fact checking mm -hmm. which is also what i try and communicate with you guys mm -hmm. in terms of like when we publish something right mm -hmm. uh, i mean even if it's not investigative because we're not really <laughs> snoops if right or mm -hmm. sleuths we're uh we're writers mm -hmm. but but that being said fact checking is imperative mm -hmm. so um how do you think that that type of investigative journalism is affecting um let's just use the word true journalists mm -hmm. right like mm -hmm. Uh, journalists who have studied the craft, who have gone to school for it, who uh, are on payroll, mm -hmm. right? These people need to get paid. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's got a rent or a mortgage or yeah. something that they got to do, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, how do you think that like this boom of renegades mm -hmm. is affecting the level of professionalism? I mean, I feel like over the years, journalism has gone through many different kind of reputational changes, I guess. But with, I feel like with the Internet Crusaders, as you said, them putting out information allows people to be, oh, I saw that. So whenever a true journalist puts out an article, they said, oh, I saw that post, so that can't be true. And sometimes they hold the, the Internet Crusaders boards and the true journalists at the same level because, uh, oh, this is all investigative. This is all people that are trying to find, that found this information from somewhere and stuff like that. So I feel like it kind of brings down the level of, of integrity that true journalists should have or, and do have when they make these investigative journalism you know, articles and stuff like that. So I feel like it's, to a point, it, it helps. Internet crusaders, it does help put out information and it allows people to gain more information about certain things. But at some point, you have to kind of n distinguish between what's actual facts and what's kind of being put out there. And I think with that, it's kind of 
affecting how investigative journalism is seen by the general public and kind of a, sometimes in a lesser way, which is kind of, you know, the investigative journalism articles are seen as kind of, a, a, I'm not sure how to say this, but- as Like an of, antagonist? Yeah. <laughs> kind of way like that, yeah. I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, <clears throat> excuse me, but I feel like what you're implying is that investigative journalists mm -hmm. are seen as antagonists in society. Yeah. And that their facts are not any more credible, which I think I'm also hearing you say is not true. Mm -hmm. Their facts are not any more credible than the average person on the street who is also spewing supposed facts and that their weights in the public view are the same mm -hmm even though one is credentialed and has the resources and the wherewithal and the understanding of what is true journalism mm -hmm. and, and has a decorum, right? There are yeah. rules there. Uh, there's a standard. There's a, there's a professional, a level of professionalism. Whoa. A level of professionalism mm -hmm. that came out very difficult for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there are, there's actually a code of ethics in writing mm -hmm. and that code of ethics is not, not necessarily being uh, diminished publicly, mm -hmm. but oftentimes is, mm -hmm. and maybe not even intentionally. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm hearing you say that two opinions don't carry the same weight. Yeah. And um, I think that's really important that our listeners hear, right? That mm -hmm. journalism has a code of ethics. Mm -hmm. And while we don't want to say that other people who are reporting things aren't ethical, because that's mm -hmm. not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. What we are also saying is that like, if there's no checks and balances on those facts, yeah. then we have no proof, mm -hmm. right? That they're ethical facts that are being mm -hmm. um, disseminated mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. Um. So you love investigative journalism. Yeah. <laughs> Why? So my mom, as my mom was, uh, as I said, my mom was a journalism a journalist. And during her time there, one of her editors in chief was a big investigative journalist. Um, so I always grew up hearing stories about the stories that he wrote and the kind of the things that he did to do those stories. And it was also kind of always taught with a kind of, kind of the golden sheen kind of this is and she my mom would tell us stories about these things and she also kind of always preface it by being this is you know dangerous walk and you're not gonna always see a paycheck uh, a paycheck that you can live on at the end of the day it's a hungry profession as she used to say <laughs> but I always thought that it was so interesting and so so kind of cool I guess whenever I heard about things so that kind of stuff so I always was kind of a little more interested in investigative journalism do you like Sherlock Holmes books? Oh, absolutely. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's what we're hitting here, is that you are the next Enola Holmes, right? Um, which, by the way, I saw that movie. It was great. Um, I saw one and two. Uh, such a feminist perspective. Yeah. I was super impressed. Um, but, yeah, um, so you like a good mystery. Oh, absolutely. And you like a solution. Yeah. And... So that, like, I don't know how else to say this. Mm -hmm. I hope this doesn't come out weird, but tickles your curiosity, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that peaks something for you that you're like, ooh, I don't know the answer. I need to find out. Mm 
So you're curious. Yeah. A little, I feel like a little bit more than my mom would hope, especially with journalism, but yeah. You know, uh, no good deed ever gone undone. <laughs> so good job, mom, for like, you know, bringing, bringing that craft home, right? And mm -hmm. she cultivated it in you. That's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. So you're really interested in all this stuff. Yeah. It's a slightly dangerous profession, though. You have to oh. travel and... Yeah, and you have to go places where you, you know, you don't always know the circumstances of what you're going into and stuff like that. So, and yeah. you also may not get paid because there might not be an article at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes you don't uncover anything. Mm -hmm. And other times you do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't want to be attached to uncovering it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. It is. It's very complicated. And you like it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you love it. Um, okay. I mean, I, I'm excited. I think, I hope that you've at least sparked some interest in our listeners to like, if you could tell them one place to go find a good article other than the spotlight, could you think of anywhere else? I mean, I feel like you, uh, a good place that I always start is Voidas. It's um it's an it's online it's a website it's a news website. Spell it. Uh, I e u t e r s. Okay. And it's kind of it just puts out the facts. So whenever you read an article, there's always going to be some kind of risk of bias, no matter what you read. For sure. But with Reuters, they try to just put out the facts. So whenever I want to read or learn about something, I always go there first, especially with news articles. Awesome. Yeah. So hopefully our listeners will go there. Hopefully. Go, go have fun. <laughs> learn something. Learn something. Learn, learn a lot of things. Uh, you know, it's like a, you're like a little Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> Although she was a, not a lawyer. She was, she was a clerk, I think. I, I don't remember. I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a long time, but you, you love, you love the chase. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like that. <laughs> I also love when students have curiosity and a love for something that's maybe not academic or academic in this case, it's like a little bit of both, right? It's mm -hmm. not necessarily academic, but it is academic because it's journalism, yeah. right? But it's also just, there's a little bit of passion there. Yeah. Um, and also investigative journalism is supposed to do well for the people. Mm -hmm. Like the intention of investigative journalism is to uncover things to make the world a better place mm -hmm. it's being a responsible global citizen is really what investigative journalism is supposed to be about mm -hmm. yeah so if you're reading something and you don't think that this is supposed to be like a good global citizen mm -hmm. situation where the writing is trying to uncover uncover something to make it better then you know that you're not reading really a piece with integrity mm -hmm. is what you're also yeah probably all right. Anything you'd like to tell our listeners before we get skedaddling? I mean, learn things. Learn things. <laughs> I actually love that. We're going to end on that note. <laughs> learn things and uh, have a great three-day weekend. You too. Thanks. And our audience has been incredibly quiet. Oh, very much so. <laughs> okay. Well, have a good one.